Hi everyone, Jay here. I uh, just wanted to make a point of saying that this episode covers some pretty um, uh, important to discuss, but kind of dark themes. Um, we talk about a video game that deals with um, trauma and mental health issues, and we take a break halfway through to discuss how important it is to um, get the help if you have any uh, trauma or mental health issues. So understandably, if that is a topic you don't want to be listening to with other people around, please feel free to skip this one or indeed feel free to have a listen to it another time. Just know that going in. Um, and in the words of Stephen Dubner, please take care of yourself. And if you can, someone else too. So that game really changed my perspective on, on gaming and games and what games could do. And um, that's why I wanted to talk about it. And you have to play it to, to get it, to grasp what it's about. Welcome to the Waffling Tailors podcast. It's a podcast, isn't it? Yeah, I had to double check. Yeah, yeah I, I can't believe it that. It's, it's, it's I've, I've got ring rust already. It's been too long. Um, is it a bird? My name is it a plane? No, it's a podcast. I, I mean, <laughs> as long as there's not gremlins on the wing, easy Shatner. Um, so, <laughs> best to introduce people, aren't I? So, my name is Squidge, and when I'm not hunting down the flying monkeys who stole my Dreamcast VMUs, I'm either playing games or on a podcast talking about them. So, I'm Squidge. I'm one of the Waffling Tail and uh, Waffling Tail. I'm leaving that one in. I'm one of the Waffling Tailor brothers. Um, my uh, co host, who's sexy and he knows it, is Jay and Make Some Noise. <laughs> I mean, that's a noise, right? He's he's been practicing that all week. I can I can I can tell. I can tell. Like the delivery of of chasing down monkey, flying monkeys who's uh, stolen his VMUs. He's been practicing that all week, and then threw I've, in. I've got a loaded shotgun with the darts ready to hunt. Clearly threw in the sexy and he knows it to see me laugh. That's what it was. Thank you, Squidge. That was awesome. You made a noise, right? I did make a noise. I did. I, I, I was too busy laughing to know that I was supposed to make a noise, but okay. <laughs> right, so what we'll do is, uh, or what I'll do, again, another mistake, flub, I'm leaving it in, sorry, I'm, I'm on a roll now. Um, see, I, I have a problem starting these things, but you can't stop me when I start, that's the problem. Yeah. So we are here with the guest. Hey. Guest, please make some noise and introduce yourself. Woo, 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 woo. I'm a little bit uh, intimidated by your introduction because it was it sounded just so perfect. Uh, hey, my name is Tom. Um, I'm from Germany. Uh, I live near Cologne. That's the uh, city with the big church uh, right next to the train station. Um, and I study media culture and German. And uh, I really love to play video games and uh, tabletop role-playing games. And uh, I'm also a host for our college radio station. And I do a show where I invite uh, interesting guests and talk with them. And uh, I also, um, I'm a nerd for punk and hardcore, so I also host our show for that topic, for those topics. And thank you for having me. Hey, no worries, no worries. Hope the introduction those... didn't put you off too much. <laughs> <laughs> Are those shows available, like, uh, online? Can people listen after the fact? You know, if they, I'm, I'm guessing they're in German. 
Um, yes, most of them are in German. Uh, I have a few interviews with uh, international people. Uh, I did an interview with uh, the band Red City Radio and Kali Masi and uh, Nobro, if you know those. They are from uh, from America and Canada. And um, I have a really great interview up there in English with Brian David Judkins from the podcast Encounter Party. He's a longtime DM and he gives tips on how to run a great show and how to be successful in the in the business and uh, on how to be a great DM. And uh, at the end of the show, he does funny voices because he's also a voice actor. Um, you should definitely give that a listen. You can listen on our website, um, www.com campus.com that's probably hard for you to find uh, and uh, i think we also have it on spotify so uh, if jay and squidge are nice they put it in the show notes for you to find um absolutely and then absolutely. you can listen to it we will. yeah awesome yeah cool uh well yeah uh like squidge said welcome to the show um thank you we are pleasure this show is more um silly rather than anything else we sit and talk about video games if we venture off into absolute um uh, absurdity then that is fine uh but it's just us three just talking about video games um i know that uh you wanted to talk disco elysium so let's let's right. get that started right let's talk about disco elysium so i i know nothing about it it's one of those that has been on my radar and everyone around me has been saying jay you need to play this game and i'm like okay right i will but um i run three podcasts i you know i've got kids i got a family i ain't got time for video games no more chief so you know that's my excuse for not playing it but then you know i'll happily sit until 2am playing vampire survivors so <laughs> <laughs> you're a so, hypocrite is what you're saying so what I what I'll say before we even start is we know uh, so I know that Tom has played uh, Disco Elysium. Squidge, have you played it? I only got so far because I realised as I started it, it's one of those games where it's going to be an experience, and it's so dense. the The story and you're a police officer doing an investigation, and there's so many different paths you can take. And I I essentially looked around the main area that you get at the beginning, like the tutorial area, and I realised that me trying to be a good cop is really difficult. And if it you, it's one of those, you've got to set up your skills, and I don't think I set them up right, so I was, I would dead end it every turn. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I absolutely get that. It's, it's, you're, you're absolutely right. It is so dense, that game. It's so intellectual, even. Um, and it's mm. so intense that I, it always takes me some time to convince myself to get it started again. I have, I haven't even yeah. finished it yet because it's so dense that I want to take my time, uh, to play it right and to, to suck it all in because, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just playing Uncharted. You can just, play uncharted you turn it on you play you shoot down some baddies and you go on with that and you watch a beautiful cinematic and solve a riddle and that's that but if you play disco Elysium, you have to, to really make choices that will uh define your whole gaming experience in that game that's that's so crazy um but jay if you haven't played the game yet um the the studio sound that produced it has a catchphrase for the game that's D meets 70s cop show what do you imagine the game to be just from that sentence so i you see okay so 
Before we started recording, I was telling a friend of mine about how they should read Guards, Guards by Terry Pratchett, because it is essentially, um, it is Dirty Harry with dragons, right? That's how I described it. So I'm going to say that it's Dirty Harry with dragons, right? That's that's what I'm, when you say D&D and, and 70s cop show, that's what I'm thinking. It, it's funny it because you, you get a dirty, I think that's a spoiler, but you get a dirty Harry because the um, the protagonist who has uh, forgotten his name in the beginning, you will, but you will get it yeah. fairly to the beginning. You will, you will remember your name. So you have, you have amnesia. That's probably important to say. Um, but the protagonist is called Harry Dubois. He's a, he's a cop and that's his name. But the game will also um, the game will also allow you to um, choose a different name. You can also call yourself Tequila Sunrise if that's a name uh, you like better, um, because he has lost his his memory. He's he does not know who who he's, uh, he does not know who he is, and he wants to figure mm. that out. So you can choose uh, whatever name name you want. You can also choose a name from a detective book he finds uh, really early in the game. So that's that's really funny. Um, so yeah, Dirty Harry might might be a good uh, might be a good bullet point. Uh, that to me is a really really clever piece of like, uh, I, I, yeah, a really clever piece of video game design because you the person are like the character right the character is an avatar through which you interact with the world by having the character not know their name you're essentially providing a complete blank sheet for you to become right you're saying this is a person this is what they look like but you can choose the name you want that make that makes perfect sense to me and like to to wrap that up within the amnesia thing first of all great idea for a design for a character with amnesia because presumably you wouldn't i've never suffered with amnesia i've never looked into it but presumably you forget your name and then secondly it perfectly describes what the character is going through because they don't know their name right that's brilliant mm. they they um yeah sorry i was gonna say i i i would categorize it as sort of like the original Starsky and Hutch, but everything's a dice roll. That's the thing about this game. Yeah. You could have all the stats you want, but everything is a dice roll. So you you can never do the same thing the same way twice. So you've really got to be on the ball. It, it is annoying. true. I'm I'm just at a point in my my uh, playthrough, my first playthrough, where I want to help some uh, music freaks and probably drug abusers to open up a, a dance club in a former church and the problem is i need to get some piece of technology to help them do it and it's hidden it's uh, in a in a um, ice making machine but the ice making machine is frozen shut so i need to pry open the ice making machine and i failed the roll and there, right now, there is no way for me to open that ice machine because I can't attempt it again right now. And so I'm stuck with that whole mission that I'm going on because I failed the dice roll. And that's a an in really interesting concept. Um, but what's also really great um, about what you uh, talked earlier, Jay, about how you start with a blank sheet, they are, they are, they are setting the same circumstances for the protagonist and for you as a player because you both start with zero you start with nothing and you have to develop from there and i think it's also a great twist on 
everything RPGs normally do, that you create a character, you get to name him or her, you get to uh, develop what, um, what specifics you want to have, what, what skills you want to have. And with that, you already have the character and your objective is to rediscover him and redefine him and decide um, he's at this point now he he got so faced that he um, that he passed out and lost his memories and now you have to decide what's what's it from now what is happening now how will he respond to that life changing experience of losing his mind um, because he just was a garbage human being to be honest and that's really interesting the um yeah you, it, the, the game describes it as you wake up after a three-day booze bender so being <laughs> drunk for three days straight you wake up you're in your underwear the first mission you've got is find your clothes and the yeah. first thing you can <laughs> fail on your mission which i haven't i've had a look and I, I didn't i couldn't find anything was your tie is on a fan blade on the light right Depending on your stats in the dice roll, you either get your tie, you don't get your tie, or you physically injure yourself trying to get the tie and fall on your <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which, and that's how it which starts. Is, so this is, right, this is the thing, right? You both mentioned something there that would happen in real life, right? If, if, I, if I'm trying to reach up to get something that is on a ceiling fan, right, I'm either going to get it, I'm not going to get it, or I'm going to hurt myself. You said earlier on, Tom, you're at this point where you're having to do a mission where you have to pry open something that is frozen shut and you can't do it, right? Okay, yeah, there's the mechanic of you have to wait, maybe wait some, so long to be able to redo the dice roll or collect an item or something. But in real life, if you're trying to pry open something that is frozen shut, you're either going to do it or you ain't going to do it, right? It's not like it's not like in the old adventure games where you, you know, you take the duck and the hammer and to the brick and somehow make a tennis racket. You know what I mean? It's not, not guaranteed. Yeah, but it's what I'm getting at is it's not guaranteed to work every single time. Just like in real life, it's not guaranteed to work that if you take the crowbar and try to pry something open, it's not going to work every time. And I the like thing it. is now with this Elysium, all, all of what you said sounds silly. Just uh, trying to open an ice-making machine to open a nightclub uh, or getting your tie from a, uh, from a fan or something. That All of that sounds silly. But the thing is, the game combines that with existential dread. With existential dread. And yep. um, it's, it's terrifying because the game does not actually start in that trashed hotel room where you wake up and have to get your clothes and everything. It starts with a dialogue between your limbic system and your ancient reptilian brain. So with that, mm. that part of the brain that get developed early when you're in, in the womb. And um, they discuss existential philosophies. And they, they discuss if humans should be on Earth and what life is and everything. And the aesthetics of those are so great. Maybe we can, uh, we can have it... Maybe we can have a recording in the show uh, to listen to the voice actors acting that out because I always get goosebumps when the ancient reptilian brain speaks um, and um, says something like along the lines of you will never, 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 ever find happiness again. You don't have to do anything anymore. Ever. Never. Ever. And that's how the game starts. And then you wake up from that 
dream or something experience in that trash hotel room and that's where you start the game so it's it's incredibly intense wow um one one of the the major mechanics of the game is you've got different parts of your thought system how you think about things so you've got like the lizard brain you've got the uh, logical part you've got the crime solving part you've got the lie detecting so what you would imagine a detective thinks about all little things he picks up on But as you go through dialogue, as it's being picked up on different voices jump in. So it's not like your internal scratch pad, which is your own voice that you hear in your brain. It's flipped into five or six different things. And every conversation tree is fully um, voiced over. So it's full voices. It's not just reading text. And occasionally it'll just, someone will come up saying, they're obviously lying, push on it. And if you don't, and you say, no, I'm not going to push on it, it just goes, wimp. <laughs> <laughs> it's really like that it's even more it's 24 different skills so you know in an rpg you can skill things and you say i want to be better with with being able to open a, <laughs> a frozen shut ice cream machine so i want to push my physiques or something like that or i want to be better in detecting a lie so you can put points into that skill you can also do that in disco elysium but the thing is every skill has a personality And every skill will talk to you. So if you have a skill like electrochemistry, that is a skill, um, that will help you to absorb the effects of alcohol and drugs. So you can get drugged in the game, you can drink alcohol, and if you have a higher, uh, have more points in electrochemistry, it will, it will, you can deal with that better. But also, the skill electrochemistry will talk to you and try to bring you to take more drugs. So <laughs> you basically yep. develop intrusive thoughts uh, in that trauma-ridden brain. Um, and the more points you put into a skill, the more actively it will talk to you. It's brilliant. Like, It's really brilliant. I feel like that would map, I, specifically that skill, I don't know how the others work, but the way that you describe that skill working feels like it maps well onto people who are i don't want to say addicted but people who have a predilection towards let's go take drugs let's go drink alcohol yeah. right because there's a part of you that goes i want to drink more alcohol which is what this skill is doing right <laughs> exactly i love that's it. exactly yeah. how it works and it's so brilliant and um I, I actually wrote uh, a paper about that, about trauma in Disco Elysium uh, for my uh, university. And um, the thing that makes Disco Elysium brilliant for me is it does not only depict the trauma. A lot of games try to do that or do that, but it lets you play the trauma. It lets you really yeah. experience being in a situation, playing as a character that has... A lot of trauma in him, a lot of traumatic experiences like amnesia mm -hmm. or um, symptoms of trauma, like this amnesia thing. He has a drug abuse problem. Um, he, he has intrusive thoughts and you get to experience how to play with them and how to live with them because they constantly tell you thing, things. They are constantly there. You don't get a break. Every time you go to bed in the game, you will have some sort of dream that will discuss another existential problem that mm. it's so unique in that i have never experienced anything like that in in any other game 
some of the um, the subclass skills that you can actually you've got to have certain skills to unlock them but just some of the names of them I've got some of them here you've got Hobo Cop Bringing the Law Cop of the Apocalypse and Finger on the Eject Button they should have called it Copopolips Copolips Copolips yeah they should yeah right definitely <laughs> so, so what you are talking about what you're talking about that's an, another really really interesting thing about Discolysium is um, that's those names that you just listed up um, are thoughts because you know you got amnesia your brain is empty and so and the curse of the game uh, over the game you can collect thoughts and internalize them so if you communicate a lot with people in the game or with your partner in crime kim kitsuragi it's he's your officer or something um so your assistant basically uh, or your your partner um you you talk to him about art and then after you talked a lot about art with him you get a thought um that is called art cop or something like that and then you can go into your thought cabinet they call it thc which i which is really funny to me um and you can internalize that and it will give you boons or banes and um, it will change how you play the game after that so that's another brilliant part of how they try to build character that has nothing to do with how other rpgs build character like they you can you can skill you can you can uh, skill up some aspects or you can gain different um, advantages or skills or something but here you really get thoughts and you rebuild your brain and you rebuild your you rebuild your ideology because you also can choose am i a superstar cop am i a sorry cop am i sorry for everything i do in the game or am i communist am i capitalist am i a realist you can choose all those things and that's um that that makes that game so complex and colorful and makes every gaming experience unique because and that's also a great part of why it's so great to depict or to make trauma livable because everybody every player um lives through trauma differently so every playing experience is different mm. and that that goes hand in hand with like the the backstory it's sort of like you're not told exactly where it is but it's got a very dystopian vibe to it it's it's after a failed revolution so you've got people of different sides of that sort of political thought and then you've got people who are very proud on both sides there's there's is in particular there's two guys that play a ball game near where you start and i wandered up and i kicked the ball and they didn't have it back so i had to go get a ball i didn't know where to get it from but they were at opposite sides of the revolution and they they talk trash to each other about it all the time but they're the best of friends but they get really heated when they talk trash and then when you turn up to start asking questions they both turn to you and go and who the hell are you <laughs> so it's it's yeah. like it's not just the player playing it it's not just the character you're controlling everyone has suffered some sort of trauma and you've got to try and extract answers and ways forward from everyone so you've you've got to really it's not really thinking outside the box. It's just being super flexible on how you talk to people. And you sometimes you only get one chance and there's dice rolls to screw you over. And oh, it's it's that's why I couldn't get so far into it, because I ended up having like bits of paper and writing stuff down instead of like all the notes in the game. I was writing stuff down, bits of paper, doing this, that, and the other. I had a floor full of them. 
And I thought, I can't do this. It, it's <laughs> That's like 10 I, minutes in and I've got got full floor of them, 10 minutes. Nah. <laughs> I, I absolutely get that. I get that so much. Um, and it's it's so crazy because on top of all of that, because you have you have the the objective of the game is to solve a murder. That's why Harry Dubois initially went to Martinez in Revachol. Revachol is the world, and to that to that poor suburb that once was rich but now is really poured down. And uh, um, there's a part in the game that's just really rubbish and people surviving. Um, and he has to solve a murder. And but on top of that, there is so much lore there's you get a lore drop like every three minutes about some mm. event that happened about a person that was important or about history and the great war that happened and you see bullet holes all over the buildings and they drop and drop and drop they have that whole world built and that are the parts where you really really notice that this game was once a, a tabletop role-playing world They invented it as that. The developer is called Robert Kurvitz. He's from Estonia. And uh, in the early uh, 2010s, he played in a, in a prog rock band called Ultra Melon Hool. And um, they had an evening where they were um, really drunk and they just spun around topics it was a really intellectual environment so they were all like studied and they were all from different um kind of kinds of arts and stuff and philosophies and they just invented that world on this drunk evening and made it made it into a tabletop world and um later robert kurvitz even wrote a book on it it's called the sacred and terrible air but you can all um, the problem is you just can get it in Estonian, I think. That's that's not so good. Um, I kind of don't want to learn Estonian just to read that book. Um, <laughs> although I really want to read that book. Um, and then they turned it into a video game. So it has that long, long background of being a world for different media. Um, and you can, you can, you notice that all over the game. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely all sorts. There's, there's, um, just getting to trying to figure out what you've done, not who you are, but what you've done at the beginning, right? After after you find your clothes, you've got one shoe, one's outside in the balcony, if you get the tie or not. You go downstairs and you try and talk to the guy who owns the bar slash inn. And the minute I started talking to him, I knew it was going to be interesting because there was, there was a stuffed head or some sort of animal that was stuffed on the counter in pieces, right? And then he said, he's only in here because one of the bar staff quit, and I thought, this is a bit weird. So further investigations, you find out that when you were stone drunk for three days solid, not only did you take your gun out and was waving it around in public, but you're a police officer, so it's fine. You killed the stuffed head that was on top of the bar, so you shot it, and your actions led to one of the waitresses quitting. But while, while you're trying to get your head around and figure out who you are, one of the things you could do is you can ring her up and try and bug her saying, why did you leave? It's because of you. Why? What did I do? And I was playing it and I was I was constantly apologising. <laughs> I'm sorry I did that. I just can't go back in. I didn't mean to kill that stuff thing and wave my gun around. I just can't go back. Please come back. He's struggling. No, I can't do it. <laughs> but it's just, just the, the bartender was really sarky. He went, you killed this. It's stuffed. And you still killed it. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you still, and, and you go there, 
and you're completely trashed. You're at the beginning of the movie. Um, <laughs> you go there. You are completely lost because you don't know where you are. You're at the start of the game. And then you go to the um, to the bartender, who's also the manager of the hostel where you're staying. And he tells you, well, um, you were passed out for three days now. You trashed a ho complete hotel room. I want $130 from you. And you have nothing. And there is an option for you to just pick up a plastic bag and go around Ravishol, go around Martinez and collect bottles to anyhow afford that sum of money, which, which is impossible because you get 10 cents for a bottle. So you have, would have to collect over a thousand bottles uh, to get to that point. It's impossible. You don't get that much. So you have to find a way to get that money. And every day you have to get a way to get 20, 20 more bucks to play for your bed so you can go to sleep at night. Um, and you can also develop that hobo cop thing where you just put sleep on the street or under a pipe or something. Um, so they, they don't get you rest. You just don't, you don't just play a story. You play that whole, you play everything about that character. Every existential, I think the only thing they did, don't depict is him having to pee or going to the toilet. That That's the only thing they don't get, but they get everything else. You see, um, you know what I've just realized? No. We didn't do recent games at the beginning of the episode. We didn't. The amnesia spreading. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so here's what we'll do, right? We'll take a break for the music. We'll switch over to recent games. And we'll have a chat about what you all have played, right? Yes. Okay. Great. Excellent. So I didn't realize. I thought you were going to say, I'm not wearing trousers. <laughs> we don't know. We, we only see from his shoulders up. He could, he, he could not be wearing trousers. I, I, I'm not. I'm also not wearing any kind of top. I'm just that hairy. Anyway, um, so <laughs> one of the things that... <laughs> You, Sarah, are pointlessly th hairy. That's what you are. That's it. One of the things we like to do on the show is we like to talk about the games. Imagine, we've imagine recently. a werewolf in human drag. That's what Jay looks like. <laughs> Did you have to say a werewolf in drag? I've I said got in like human the drag. worst, the worst possible Disney movie in my head now. Thank you very much. Give it a year; it'll be on Disney Plus. I'm telling you. So. <laughs> we what we like to do is we like to talk about the games we've all been playing recently now we have we're part way through our conversation about disco elysium we'll put that one to one side but what i like to know because i i mean i said earlier on right i don't get to play that many video games like i just started max Payne 2 the other day right that's how far behind i am from everybody right <clears throat> but oh no worries it yeah. just started uncharted <laughs> oh well there you go then <laughs> That's around the same time, right? <laughs> Excellent. So. so, so yeah, uh, let's go around the room real quick and just talk about um, one or two of the games we've we've all been playing. You know, if you've been playing three, please bring up three. But what we what we tend to do, Tom, just for yourself and for any new listeners, we go one at a time. So um, we usually start with our guests. So, Tom, what's one of the games you've been playing recently? Um, yesterday night, I was playing Uncharted Two. Um, I got. All three of the early Uncharted games um, for a bargain for like ten dollars, I think, on uh, on the PS Store. And so I thought, all right, I like, I really loved Last of Us One and Two, 
Um, I want to catch up on the, the things Naughty Dog did. And I'm really enjoying it so far. I uh, already played the first one, and I'm now all, um, and I'm now close to, and I'm now close to finishing the second. And I have to say, I really enjoy it. Uh, it does not bother me that the graphics are like ten years old or, or more. Um, and and I really like it. It it is for sure more silly than Last of Us, um, mm. but it's. They put a lot of lot of effort in for great maps. They put a lot of effort in for great, great riddles. I was really stunned. You have to imagine, I think the first game is from 2007 and they have that fairly elaborate riddle uh, going on where you have to jump across a full room and there are everywhere, yeah. everywhere there are uh, wrong ends and stuff and it's just great. And I'm fairly enjoying that, to be honest. I like the mechanics. Um, it's very cinematic. It feels very cinematic to play it. Um, I like it. Excellent. You know, when you said, uh, I got the first three Uncharted games, I was going to say, AKA the good ones. (laughs) (laughs) Is that so? Is that so? Didn't you like the thief's end? The the third one was great. And then it just sort of falls off the edge of quality. Like the quality falls off after that. Right. Um, Interesting. I, I feel like with, the, with Naughty Dog, with their big sort of cinematic games, they're really good at set like, like two or three games. And then it all goes wobbly after that because they've got this great design for the first game, right? Like with, uh, you know, Uncharted or Last of Us or any of their big cinematic games, they come up with an entire world. They populate it with real characters. They come up with a real storyline. And then obviously when you do that, you've tied up the story at the end of it. So how do you make a sequel, right? So then they work really hard to make the sequel. Mm. And then, then when it comes around to, well, we sold loads of copies Corporate wants us to make another one. Eh, we've tied up the, the storyline twice now. What do we do? And you you, st- you start to get to the point where, you know, your your story has already ended twice. What are you going to do to extend it? And it becomes a real slog to come up with prequel ideas or sequel ideas or tangential storyline ideas. And so I feel like because they really care about the stories that they write, by the time they got to the end of the third one, eh, you know, it all falls off. But then you also have to remember that we humans like things in threes, right? There's a reason the three-act story structure exists, why, like, every Star Wars movie after the third one that was ever released is naff, <laughs> why they're doing them in groups of three movies every time, you know, four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine, and then they're going to go... It, it, it makes sense, right? And so, yeah, I, I don't think, personally... My my uh, personal opinion of the Uncharted games after Uncharted Three, not so great. They're still great, like they are great games. Like if you if you were to say, are they great games? Yes. Are they great Naughty Dog games? Because they push themselves so. Hmm. Yeah, right. They they push. Maybe I I know that very well. I have ADHD, and sometimes I can get really excited for a topic or for something, and. I will be doing that really. Uh, I will be spending a lot of time on doing that stuff. Like last year, I uh, tried to learn magic tricks and stuff because I watched Penn and Teller. Um, and um, I was really getting into that. And I have all the supplies. I have a box full of playing cards. I have uh, gadgets and everything. And after three months or so, 
I had no interest at all to do magic things. And since then, they are in, in a cupboard and um, I didn't do anything of it. I, I don't watch videos anymore about that. I just stopped. And I kind of get that sentiment of having a great idea, doing a great story, to great success even. And just then, right, that's it. Let's move on to the next thing. I want to want to develop something exciting, some new and exciting. So um, I, I can get that sentiment. I can see where they're struggling because in the first Uncharted game, you find a Nazi sub in the middle of the Amazon rainforest. Where do you go from there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's always Nazis, right? In the second, it's also Nazis. I don't know if they have that yeah. in the third, but it's like that's the American thing, right? In, with Indiana Jones and everything. The, the, there's, if Nazis are a part of it, it's considered a good story. Maybe that's that's the gist. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's also a trend in um, sort of like American developers making games. If Nazis are in a game, they're instant bad guys and they get all the heat because they have to. So I th- I think... You know, it's a trend. I th- yeah, I think that's more of a, a story trope thing. Like mm. if you look at... Let, let, let's let's put serious hats on for a second, right? If you look Hi. at the, the major global conflicts after the Second World War, until we get to the most recent ones, there isn't a clearly defined bad guy, right? Yeah. You know, like uh, v- the Vietnam conflict wasn't ever called really a war. It was, and it, was, it wasn't It was really the Vietnamese that the Americans were fighting. It was the Chinese. And then Korea was never called a war, still hasn't actually, well, didn't end until the 90s. That wasn't, again, it wasn't against the North Koreans, it was against the Chinese. And from that, the North Koreans then got their independence and all that kind of thing happened. Yeah, there hasn't no really white, been... Yeah, exactly. The, whereas in yeah. in and around the early part, like the early half of the 20th century, there was that much, perhaps it was a, perhaps because there was that much of a disconnect in how fast news traveled, you could say, this is the bad guy, and everyone would just go, okay, and just accept mm-hmm. it. So maybe that's it. I don't know. Maybe because we live in such a hyper-connected world, we may never we may never actually have a... And here come the bunny quads again. I keep, every time I say bad guy, wrap it in bunny quads, right? So the bad guy may no, may no longer ever exist because war isn't that, like you said, Squid, it isn't that black and white anymore. It never has been, but because you can because we're so connected now we're able to see that it isn't as black and white as that so maybe that's why maybe it's hearkening back to look we'll use these these caricatures because they are the clearly defined sort of bad guys or whatever but maybe that's it i don't know i'm not i'm not i'm not smart enough to make that uh, distinction but that's my personal opinion right (laughs) see what happens naughty dog you see what happens when you put nazis in your games people get confused watch that kind of sentiment when you watch uh, James Bond movies and I don't want mm-hmm. to say that they always are a great reference for world politics but in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s the bad guy almost every time was a Russian or it was the Russians that did something and there was the Russian conflict and now when we have the Craig Bonds that shifted and we have corporations we have something like Spectre yeah we have um, we have groups we have 
um, we have corporations, we have billionaires, uh, we had billionaires before, but now they are more in the, in the focal point, I think. Um, and uh, so the whole structure in James Bond movies changed from being good and bad to um, there is a structural problem in the world and we have to fight that and we have to fight mm. single persons, single single people that um, that pose a threat and not it's not Russia anymore. So mm. yeah, I think I think that's a development in storytelling as a whole. Yeah, that's, that's what we need in video games. Don't give a social commentary. Give us a, an overweight British guy who's completely bald with a monocle and a cup of tea with his pinky out, just laughing maniacally. We need simple things we can understand. Don't give us social commentary. Give us a target to shoot. <laughs> I don't well, want to think about games. I want to shoot stuff. Just give me something. <laughs> don't make I me think. think. <laughs> I think both of those have... Um, have a point you know i'd like mm. i really love to play this coliseum because it has that kind of commentary and i really really also like to play uh, uncharted because it gives me the opportunity to just just chill out and i know who i have to shoot i know where i have to go and it's easy and it's relaxing in a way even if it's action-packed and and, and thrilling and, and stuff but it's i don't have to give a shit about what is happening because th those are clearly the bad guys they are pointing the rpg7 at my mm. head so i have to shoot them mm. um yeah. yeah so both yeah, those it's, both it's, should exist yeah mm. um it, it's uh i was watching an episode of the 70s sitcom mash earlier on today and one of the characters says to you, this war isn't a geopolitical conflict. It's a case of there are 30 or 40 guys over that hill trying to kill me and my 30 or 40 guys. And that's all it is. And sometimes, you know, a video game for escapism just needs to be that or just needs to be a game of Sudoku or a game of cards, right? And sometimes when you're in the mood for it, it has to have a sweeping grand storyline that's trying to teach you something. But sometimes it's just got to be, I got to shoot this target or I got to, um, uh, you know, play a great game of bridge or something. Right. And I think, I think both, both sets of games are equally as valid as art, but they have completely different, um, uh, end goals. Right. One is, is attempting to just entertain and give you something to do for 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour. The other one is maybe trying to teach you something or maybe trying to change your worldview. Both equally valid. That's the way I see mm. it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Depends what mood you're in, innit? So Jay, what, what mm. game are you playing? What have I been playing? What have yeah. I been playing? I'll tell you what I've been playing. Um uh, I said at the beginning I've just picked up Max Payne 2. So getting my head around that. I've done the first two missions. And uh do you know what? I'm I'm really digging the the way that the story is told. I haven't played the first one. I do have all three games, but I started with the second one just because I figured um, it's got a better chance of running on my machine. Um, but it has this cool thing in the in the options menu. Hey, what you know? Previously on Max Payne, that kind of thing, right? <laughs> so <laughs> so I could push that and and learn a little bit more about the story. But I'm really liking like uh, I mean it's spoilers for like a. 10, 15, maybe even longer year old game, right? But it kind of starts halfway through the story, and it does that film noir sort of thing of, and yesterday I woke up, and I had to kill the bad guy. You know, that kind of thing, right? I really like that kind of storytelling. So that's kind of, that, that's been keeping me entertained. 
I say keeping but, me entertained. It's kept me going for about an hour to get through the, the first two so levels. So you started with the second game. You haven't experienced Max Payne in the first game where it had um, a, a scan of one of the creators of it stretched over the main character's head. Well, I mean, it's, it's still the same It's still the same creator scan, but it's not a stretch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What I really liked was on the second mission when you start you have to go into this uh this like factory complex and there's this guy guiding there's you run into this guy and he's like hey i'm just the cleaner i'm just the cleaner follow me i'll take you to where they all are because i managed to get out or whatever and so you're following him and he's chattering away and it's like realistic style it's almost like uh uncharted style bantery uh conversation and i accidentally pushed the wrong button and shot him right <coughs> And, and like Max Payne's voiceover goes, I knew the guy was going to lead me into a trap anyway, and his story was useless. And then you walk around the corner and they were going to ambush you. So like, I need to play that level again and let it play out to let them ambush me. Like I'd accidentally shot him, but like, this is like, it has all these little bits in it. Like, uh, I ran upstairs and there's these two guys. Sorry, it's going to get violent. There's these two guys beating this woman. Say, tell us where the thing is. Tell us where the thing is. And then they shoot her. And and then you have to sort of take them out or whatever. But what I want to do is take a different path through the building to see if I can save her, which would be really cool. Like, I like that sort of branching narrative-y, do it in a different way and you get different options. So I have to give it another try. It's it's really cool in in terms of player player agency, I think. From, From when is that game? Oh, goodness. I'll tell you what, I'll look it up now. Um, 2005, I think. 2004, 2005. It's really good. It's really good. It's, it's, I'm from, I was born in 1993. So it, it's, it's uh, always really interesting for me to learn how developed some games already were when I was like three years old or four years old. Mm. I just started playing uh, Planescape Torment. I'm, not really far in and that was released 99 so when i was born and um it has that crazy story i have to figure out the mechanics of that game because they are kind of uh making me mad a little bit because i I don't understand what to do and it's not really intuitive um but yeah they made great games when i was born it's really interesting from from uh from a growing up perspective yeah I, i i always want a nuts narrative from a game done in like a noir style. So picture the scene, right? It's a police officer. He's sat there. Or a detective, right? And he's got this plate in front of him and there's a burger. And he's like, I told them I didn't want any pickles because the pickles makes the bun soggy and they put everything underneath the burger, which makes it hard to grab. How many times I come here and they tell you this? And then suddenly it zooms out and there's a woman on a barricade with a sniper rifle going would you stop talking to the player we're in the middle of a firefight and then she always does this when I complain about burgers they need to get it right would you back me up she always needs backup how many times and you just get this hand grabbing him and dragging him across yeah just a nuts narrative for the hell of it I'd love I'd love to see that I don't think it happened but I'd love to see one that is that's brilliant I I didn't even get the fries come here help me (laughs) Uh, yeah like that's so great (laughs) oh what a great idea that would be like a character lifted from a noir film put into an action situation who doesn't realize they're not in a noir film so like they keep wanting to stop and go so i said to the guy 
you know like 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 they keep wanting to stop to do the narrative but there's a gunfight happening at the same time you know or they're in a car chase and they're like so i raced down main street took a left stop it will you we're in the middle of this chase we've got to catch him you know that kind of thing right where they oh, miss the, the middle of the street is is looking at a report this autopsy report says and an elephant runs by you know uh, this autopsy report <laughs> i just don't get it yeah, i can't yeah. understand this this writing you know i think we've and, just come up with the, a new film genre there squidge yeah what's <laughs> you know I, I don't understand the sounds coming from behind me i'm trying to concentrate and there's park rangers chasing the elephant that's gone nuts yeah yeah you know? yeah <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a little so, bit like Deadpool to me, I have to say. That would, that would, that would be something Deadpool that happens in Deadpool film. Oh. Deadpool, Deadpool noir. noir. I'm going to have to look it up now, see if there is a Deadpool <laughs> noir. But whilst I'm looking it up, Squidge, what have you been playing? I'm going to continue with the old school way of doing stuff. I've been playing the first Fallout game oh. on PC because I haven't played the first two, but um, I've played like the Bethesda versions afterwards, so three onwards, and I'm kind of a fan of the top-down isometric style of playing. And I've I've seen a lot about Fallout One and Fallout Two, and I want to experience it myself. And I've turned my character in a, into a small gun-wielding maniac who routinely, when getting into um, violent confrontations, because that's how you get XP, I just shoot people in the face. <laughs> And they tend to go down, I wander over, loot the corpse, and then continue on my merry way to whatever the hell I'm doing. And uh, I, I just like that gameplay style. It just suits me. It's just, bang, move, go. Yeah. Fair enough. So I've been playing that and uh, on a, a quite a wide monitor. The, the, it, it doesn't translate the graphics, but I, I got it from um, GOG, Good Old Games, and they make it work on Windows 10, which is fantastic. Um, cause I've, I've got it on steam, but when you play the steam version, all the, the cutscenes, cause there's so many colors on screen, it messes it up. You still see it, but it's like, it's like you're on an acid trip. <laughs> Whoa. All that acid edition. I like it. Yeah. It's, it's just so many different colors that are messing up and I'm going, am I seeing this? <laughs> you know? Excellent. So I've been playing that. Um, but Squidge, weren't you the guy that wrote uh, while we are setting up the episode uh, in our text chat that you like to always play the good guy? You can't play the, the bad cop. How, how does that work with Fallout? Um, well, as far as I'm concerned, everyone that targets me is a bandit. And in <laughs> Fallout, I'm on a mission to find a water chip to, to save a vault. So by its very nature, I'm a good guy. Uh, <laughs> well, the ends justify the means that's what you're saying it does in my brain yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. it doesn't fall like, everyone does it ruin your goon <laughs> everyone that ends up without a head and with no valuables they're a bandit and they were going to kill me it's self-defense let's call it that way it's i'm i'm claiming self-defense in a game that came out before 2000 it's self-defense honestly uh, yeah of course yeah Okay, mm. cool. <laughs> Watch out for the maniac in the blue vault suit with the small gun. If you see him, run. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just real quick, because I said I would look it up while you were discussing your first game. Apparently there is, so I'm not a comic book person, so I apologize to anyone who is, who's listening in. There's a, a sort of side story for the Marvel uh, series called Marvel Noir, and 
There are other characters involved in noir-type stories, but according to my 30 seconds on Google, um, Deadpool isn't in those stories. So, there you go. But again, I could be wrong. That's 30 seconds of Google, right? And you're absolutely right. Disappointed now. It is. (laughs) We need that. Make that. Marvel, make that. Make that. You've, You've set up a whole streaming platform now. Do that TV show. Give us ma- give us Deadpool Noir. That's it. Noir pool. But it has to be it has to be um, live actions for Ryan Reynolds, but in in his Deadpool gear, but with like with a, a suit an old school suit on top of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anime in a fully coloured world, but him and as the character in white. black yes. and white. Yes. Yeah. yes. Oh yes. That's where it has to be. Yes. That's it. right. Squidge, I need you to ch- when you when you're editing this, I need you to clip that bit out and we'll send it to Disney. And I'll be like, <laughs> you don't even have to you don't even have to pay us any money. Just make it. You don't have to say we came up with the idea. That is gold right there. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. it right there. You don't need to pay us any money, but I crossed out two weeks in twenty twenty four and I want to watch it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've already booked my holidays so I could stay at home and watch it. Get it made, Disney. <laughs> I pay Disney Plus. That makes me a producer, right? I'm directly involved. <laughs> I pay my taxes. Absolutely. Don't make that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So what else have you been playing, Tom? Um, I've been playing, and uh, I'd love to talk about that. I've been playing a game that is called Baba is You. Have you heard of Baba is You? Have you ever played Heard that? Of it, never played it. Yeah. No, I don't think I have. So it's like it looks like an arcade game. It looks like Pac-Man or something like that. And you have to solve riddles. And you've got a, a black screen and you've got that little figure that is Baba. He looks like I think he looks like a white rabbit. And um, everything or a lot of things in that arcade level that you are set in is movable and there are also the words written baba is you those are three movable blocks and you have to interact with everything that is on the screen and push it around or pull it around or move it to um, fulfill the objective which mostly is to get to a golden flag and you can you have text blocks and stuff like that and then you go and push the block that says rock and push it into the place of uh baba and then you make rock is you and from now on you move as the rock you're not longer baba you're the rock ah. or you can change flag is win into baba is win and then you have to touch baba to win the level and that is the concept that everything can change and you can interact with the level and there are so many ways to 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 solve the level and there's no not one strict way how to do it and that is a really engaging game and it really is it's puzzling and it's uh, it's unnerving and uh, it's it's really intriguing and you can play it for a really long time and uh, it will it will fickle with your mind but it will also be really engaging so it's a great game there's a there's a really brilliant video of uh, Baba is you that I've seen, and Baba is locked in a room that's just walls all the way around, and there's no doors, and there's three tiles on the floor that says wall, 
is stop, right? And uh, so tile one, wall, tile two is tile three, stop. You push the word stop out of the way, it breaks the sentence, and then you can walk through walls. Exactly. That's, that's brilliant. That's the concept, yeah. Yeah. It's really brilliant. fun. Um, I, I got it, I got it um, on itch uh, for a charity bundle, and uh, I saw that it was on, and I immediately uh, got the whole, whole bundle because I always wanted to try that. And um, you can also build levels, but I think it's really complicated to get to that level where it makes sense and makes fun at the same time because you have to be very, really, really accurate when you do that. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's something that a lot of people don't really... Um, I, I fear that I'm going to say the wrong thing by saying understand. Um, I chatted with a person on a different podcast to this one recently about uh, making video games and how people can get into the industry or how people can get used to the tools. And he said, the thing that a lot of people don't realize is there's lots of trickery and tomfoolery goes on behind the scenes in a video game to actually make it fun. He said, let's use Super Mario Brothers as an example, right? In the real world, if you are standing on a ledge and one of your feet go over the ledge... Like your foot is off off the edge of the ledge and you try to move forward, you're going to fall off the ledge. But in Super Mario Brothers, it's actually written such that you can have Mario facing right and the left hand side of the Mario, uh, the Mario character, the very last pixel of it can be on the edge of the ledge and it will still stay there. Right. Because that is still fun, because that that captures the there's this feeling of uh, reaction time. So you're running towards the edge of the ledge and you have to hit jump to get over the ledge, right? To get over the gap. But if you don't hit the jump in time, so, excuse me, let's let's say it's a full physics, actual real physics reaction, uh, physics uh, build, right? As you're running towards the, the edge of the ledge, if your foot goes over the edge of the ledge, you're going to fall. And so they allow you in the game to leave it until the last possible pixel to hit that jump button to be able to make it over the gap. Whereas if they made it a per pixel perfect recreation of real physics, it would not be fun to play. And there's loads of stuff like that that goes into video game design on a 2D and 3D level that a lot of people, that that because it's not obvious, it maybe people miss. And then when they come to make their own video games, they're like, oh my goodness, this is so hard. And uh, with things like uh, Baba Is You or any game with a level editor, that's where you really learn actually how video game design works. Because a lot of people think, ah, oh, it's fine. I'll just, video game design is easy. I'll give everyone a gun and run, and we'll just run around in a flat 2D plane and you can shoot everybody. And it, that could be fun for about 30 seconds or it could be fun for an hour, depending on how you mix it up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're telling me that Mario is not made on real-world physics? <laughs> I, yeah, know. They, um, I can't believe it. Back in the day, they they um they said, no, we don't want to make Mario on the Unreal Engine. You're a couple of decades too early for that, and we don't think it'll run on the NES. So, you know, we'll, we'll politely decline, um, also, come back in about 20 um, years, and we might do it. Yeah. Also, they were saying that in English to the Japanese developers, and the Japanese developers were like, Nandeo. <laughs> that's that's, that's why they didn't go for it they were just shaking their head we don't that's understand it, right? we don't yeah. want it pack up lads we're going <laughs> you know <laughs>
on that note, can I get an um, uncharted version of Mario where Mario <laughs> jumps through all the riddles and has the machine gun and tries to rescue uh, Peach so, at the end from like, because they always have monsters in Uncharted. Why can't it just be Bowser? I, I would like to see that. I would like to see that third person shooting Mario uh, run run through some strange levels and, and try to clear them. See, Ultra technically you've already got that. Mario. <laughs> Technically, you've already got that. Just to add heavy weaponry to Mario Odyssey, and you, it's golden. Same thing. You've got the, the, the level shooting. Yeah. There's there's dinosaurs. There's chomp chomps. There's boss battles. Just add an AK forty seven, and you're golden. <laughs> you know some 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 walls to crouch under. You know AK forty seven, an RPG oh. every so often. You know some handguns. Bowser being all gangster shoots it at the side, obviously, because he's a boss. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, just, that's it. <laughs> just mod it in. You'll be fine. Or indeed a demake of Uncharted for the NES. Let's do this. I've I've seen a demake of Left 4 Dead for the NES. That was hard as balls, that one. Wow. Fun, though. But hard. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay, um, so uh, let's mix up the direction of the going around the table a little bit. Squidge, what's another game you've been playing recently? Devil Gun Modern or back in the day. Uh, okay, so I, I read I'm loaded and started playing on my Switch. There's a game called uh, Snack World. Okay. Dungeon Crawl and Experience Gold. And it is... How to explain this game? Um, 2D Zelda on the SNES in a 3D engine. But Japanese made an utterly bad crazy. Best way to describe it. Um, the intro song okay. that you get is uh, a band singing about eating pork chops all night to describe the game, which it doesn't. You say that like it's a bad thing. What's wrong with eating I mean, pork chops all night? Unless, of course, you're vegetarian or vegan or something. Pork chops are fine. It's all right. Um, but it's it's nuts because it's about a dungeon crawling experience and you get trained um, to do it and it's you know, like switch weapons and you can level up stuff and it's all it's all mission based and it's just absolutely bonkers um, the story of it it's it's just nuts and I remember I bought it originally just on the announcement trailer alone that video I watched it about seven times and I thought I need to play this now right. I didn't see the gameplay I just saw the video and I thought if this is what the game's like which it is I need to play this and so, I spent a good five hours on it yesterday. <laughs> okay. So what's what's the gameplay then? You're just running around a dungeon collecting things it's, and whacking it's things either, It's either free roam or it's mission-based. Most of the dungeons are semi-randomly generated, and there's a lot of things that can happen in the dungeon, especially if you stay too long. A really high-level enemy will ch actively chase you. Um you can have like multiplayer on it so you can play online or couch co-op um you can fabricate weaponry and armor you can upgrade it um if you slay enough of a certain type of enemy you can because you've got a cell phone you can take a picture of it and it creates it into not a follower they're called snacks you can have them follow you around and attack with you um right. there's all sorts you can do it's it's just it's a breath of fresh air, other than like standard RPG fare. It's just nuts. 
I love it. Mm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so the the only other game I've been playing recently is Vampire Survivors, which I brought up earlier on. I cannot get enough of this game. It is. It's just. It's the chef's kit. Right. The chef's kiss emoji is this game. Right. You just want to rub it all it is, over your face. It is perfect. It's a thirty-minute game loop. It's a roguelike, kind of like a bullet hell meets Castlevania, but where you're the bullets. So like you're not dodging bullets to to get to the end of the level. You are the bullets, and you're destroying everything in in yeah, around you. It is absolutely wonderful. I can't like I can't knock it. There's the, 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 like I can't even say there's not enough of it. It is the perfect amount of video game. Because like I say, you know, I don't get that much time to play video games these days. I'll get maybe half an hour. I fire up Steam. It's already updated because it's a tiny game. It's like four megabytes or something, right? And you run it and you're there for half an hour going, yep, 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 yep. And even if you have to get taken away from the game, you lose nothing because it's a roguelike. All you're doing is unlocking higher strength buffs or unlocking other stages to play. It's brilliant. You make it sound like you control a sentient um, machine gun. You kind of do. Oh. You kind of do. Have you have you not played this, Squidge? No. Oh my goodness. It's brilliant. You don't have to... Pr- the only thing you need to do is move your character up, down, left, and right. Because it's a, it's a 2D top-down game, right? So you just need a either either the, the arrow keys on your keyboard if you're playing it on a PC, or if you're playing it on a PC with a controller, the left analog stick of a controller that's all you need because you're just running around and your weapons are firing for you automatically it is absolutely wonderful do is is a callback it, it can it is a retro callback it kind of sounds like um loaded on drugs yeah a little bit a little bit but it's yeah it's like if imagine imagine if they made a castlevania where you didn't have to do anything Right, and you're sitting there going, but why don't? How? Where's the skill come from? If I'm not doing anything, seriously, right? I think when I got it, it was on Steam on early access. I believe it's still early access, and it was like a one pound fifty or something like that. So it's about a dollar, maybe a euro if if the conversions are are not with me this week, right? It is stupid cheap, and I've been playing it for two months, almost every day. Because it's one of those you could just pick it up and you just play for half an hour and you invariably unlock something. Every single time I've played it, I've unlocked a new stage, unlocked a new character, unlocked a new power-up, and the developer is making changes on a weekly basis to make the game more fun, adding new modes, adding new characters, adding new buffs, adding new weapons. It is brilliant. You know what I played? You know what I played every... Every day, almost for the last three to four months, I think. Want to guess? What was? It? You guys played Wordle? Did you get Wordle. sucked in, into Wordle. the hype train? <laughs> I've 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 got a lot of friends playing Wordle. I I don't have the brain power most days to even put my shoes on. So something so, like that is just no. <laughs> there is a version squidge that I think you would like, right? Is that on that sweary one? No. The the one that I found that I think you would like is the uh, our good friend Alex O'Neill sent it over. It is a it is a Resident Evil hurdle hurdle. It's like so wordle is like you have a bunch of words you have to figure out what they are. 
the hurdle or hurdle games i'm not sure how you pronounce it but it's the word here is in to listen right it plays you a snippet of a song and depending on how much of the song you need to hear and how many guesses it takes you get a better score the one you want to check out squidge is the resident evil hurdle hurdle because it, it picks a random song from from across the entire canon of resident evil songs plays you a little bit of it and you have to and you have to type in the name of it and as you start typing, it gives you suggestions. So you don't have to get it perfectly right. But you do have to know the name of the song. You can't just put Resident Evil intro song. You have to put in Eye of Evil or whatever. You know what I mean? You need to know the names of them. But then that what you sounds do is like you an audio up, version of Catchphrase. It kind of is, yeah. And that's a reference that's only good for the British listeners. And I don't think Tom would get it. But it is, it, it, it is, it is loads of fun. I definitely recommend checking it out. Um, for, for your reference there, Tom, Catchphrase was a, a British TV show throughout the 80s and 90s. You had a grid, a, 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 like a nine by nine grid, um, and you had to answer questions. You got a question right, and you could take a square off of the grid, and it would reveal an animation behind it. And the animation would map onto a, a common word or phrase, or indeed a catchphrase, and you had to guess what it is. Um, it, it doesn't really map to that. Squidge was just being silly. But I, love I would definitely television. check out. <laughs> really, really, you have the great ideas. I think uh, German television, um, they steal everything from, from American television. So they, they just buy all the shows and recreate them. And they are, in most cases, worse than everything they do in America. But British television has always has these this unique feel to it. They have great ideas. They make great shows. Um, I love watching Taskmaster or Bake Off or something like that. And it's just quality television. And I don't know why I don't know why they are that outstanding, but it's just always fun to watch or mock the week. Uh, I, I like that. I can't get a lot of that here in Germany because of rights and stuff, but it's great. I, I think you guys over there just really do great TV stuff. We need to see different global versions of Bullseye. That's what we need to see. No, I can't. I can't no, imagine Bully, Bully, the, so, the mascot of it, going moo in French. So Bullseye again for Tom's uh, context. There, Bullseye was a game in this a TV game show in the seventies where you were uh, paired off with a dart thrower, uh, and the name comes from you know the central thing in in a dartboard, Bullseye, right? Um, and you would have to answer questions, and if you get so many right. That would give the darts player so many darts, and they would score points, and then you would win prizes. And the the the, the stupid joke of that show was always that they got people from the very centre of England, where there are no lakes, no water uh, features, no rivers, no nothing, and the top prize was always a speedboat that they would never be able to. But nobody won it, right? Because nobody would be able to take it home with them anyway, because they had nowhere to. You know, they were all landlocked. But yeah, so just to fill in that gap of knowledge there. <laughs> <laughs> I learned something about British television history today. And, 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 and the mascot, because it was Bullseye, was a bull who was a darts player. And he'd always pop up on screen and he'd be like, <laughs> and he'd just go across it, but it'd be random points. And it was always hilarious. Just to, you know, they're just about to throw and you'd hear a, <laughs> oh, for God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, I think that play on words wouldn't work in French or something. That that would be. That's why I want to hear it. <laughs> Le mou. <laughs> I don't know. But, but instead um, of a shirt, he's got a bare ear. <laughs> smoking smoking a, a cigarette through a pipe, you know. Dressed as a mime. So you, 
so you've you've <laughs> to to try and drag this back to where we were going. <laughs> no. So you've been playing Wordle a lot, have you, Tom? Yeah, yeah. Every day, I just I got, got completely sucked in. I also I also played Wordle, the one with like normal songs. Today it was um, Cindy Lauper's uh, "Girls Just Wanna Have Fun." I didn't recognize it. My girlfriend recognized it in the first second of that song. Uh, she has an incredible memory for songs. It's 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 amazing. Um, it's crazy um, about that. Um, but yeah, I played Wordle every day, and uh, lately. Uh, I don't know if you know that, but Wordle got bought by the New York Times. And mm. um, I think they hate foreigners because the <laughs> words they lately choose, <laughs> the words they choose lately are insane. Do you know, just I, I give you a minute or something. It's bad on the podcast, but do you know an English word with five letters and the letters in the middle of the word are I, D, and S. No. TARDIS. Think of it. It's nope. too many letters. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's got to be five letters. Yeah. Okay, so take off the T. ARDIS. <laughs> it's, it's the budget version of the TARDIS. They only give it to trainee time lords. So, so the word today was midst. Oh, like in to the be midst in the midst of, of something. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do you? How are you supposed to get that as a foreigner, as some someone that's whose first language is not English? The words are getting so much harder now that the New York Times bought that game because I don't know they wanted to make it more sophisticated or something. But I liked it when the word could have been apple. That was nice. Mm -hmm. Just, just wait because it's New York Times. Just wait till they start doing like themes of certain authors, and you get words like phantasmagorical. <laughs> there was there was a wonderful wonderful episode. Um, I'll get it for the show notes. There was a wonderful episode of NPR's uh, Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast about Wordle and about the billions of um, sort of copycat games that came out. Because obviously the rules are pretty simple, right? You've got a, a number of characters, and it's based on how many guesses you take to get the to get the word, right? And there's there's all sorts. There's like uh, there's there's versions that are based on specific characters in specific books. There's music versions like the Heardal. Um, there's there's ones for even for like um, different groups of people. So like there's an LGBTQ rule, right? Which is all about like the things that folks in the LGBTQ community are are, are talking about. And there's even like for niche communities like certain types of of certain sexual activity dolls right because why not because it's a really simple a really simple uh uh setup to copy and it, it just it, it amazes me how quickly the wordle copycats spread because wordle itself because like in the episode they talk about like the history of it where it came from this person just created it because the the partner that they have they they really like word puzzles And this person was like, okay, I'll make a word puzzle for you then. And that's what it was for originally. It wasn't really for mass consumption. <laughs> It's really interesting because um, memes are a well-known concept, but I think that's the first time where we have something like a, a game meme where where the, the actual game with gameplay is the meme and gets copied and gets own versions for different subcultures. And that's an interest, really interesting um, thing to watch. 
Pimo. Yeah, yeah. Meme version what? of Hadle. Memo. Yeah. I bet that exists. <laughs> I will I will Google yeah, that right now. I, I think they would do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, why not? Right? The game is the meme, right? Why not? I can imagine oh, that. It if I Google Meemel, they will show me uh um they will show me a, a river in Russia. Um Ah, okay. <laughs> I, have to, I, have, I have to write it differently, right? Maybe Wordle meme or something. Wordle meme, meme. yeah, that's probably better. Yeah, that might work. <laughs> I can imagine it's just like a, a bottomless pit. The minute you install that, it's just anything could happen. Go on for years. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> mm, I don't find anything yet, but um, Google will be there. To, Google wants to show me a lot of Wordle memes. I have seen Wordle cake already on uh, on Twitter, <laughs> and um, I was on the um, anti-war uh, demonstration protest uh, against the the war in Russia, and I saw someone uh, with a Wordle um, poster. Uh, that uh, I think it, it built the word peace or something. Um, so that was great. I, I love that. It was like like a very short amount of time after that Wordle thing really was popular. Mm. And I just loved how they made put that into the protest, into the political context. That was, that was brilliant. So yeah, really, really cool. So, so we're here with Tom. We're talking about Disco Elysium. Let's talk more about it, right? Because I'm still, uh, I'm going to check out the game after this, right? But like, yeah, tell me more sure. about because uh, we talked about we talked about how um, the original developer created it. Clearly, as a, a tabletop idea. There's a book that they wrote that is unfortunately only available in Estonian at the moment that we know of on 7th of May, 2022. It may get released. Uh, there may be a translation or there may even be a fan translation. I'll be looking for that later on. Um, it, it, it feels to me like the way that you've both been describing it, that there is a, uh, I'm cautious of using the word moral choice system in a video game because it's going to make people go, oh, well, you know, if if I get two options, I can use logic to figure out which will take me on the good path and which will take me on the bad path. It's Is it that? Is it more than that? Is it greater than that? kind of from what i've played it's um it's it's got like basic elements of rpg 101 you can be a good guy or you could be a dick right it's quite clear and there are like both extremes right both extremes of the spectrum but you could be anywhere in between and your actions and how you are sort of like change how you go and attack each little submission because it's like over 200 little little missions you can do to get XP to evolve as a detective. But your actions directly impact how you go about um, figuring out those submissions and the main plot. So if you're going to be a nice guy and you end up apologizing for it, for everything, people walk all over you and you end up being played. If you're straight to the point, I'm going to yell at you. Like prime example, right? One of the kids that that finds the the murder victim at the beginning, and it's Kuno. it's a body hanging from a tree. Kuno, right? One of the options you can do is he's just he's foul mouth, he's cussing at you, and there's there's a little girl behind him egging him on, and he's just being not helpful whatsoever. One of the things you can do is you can straight punch him in the face, 
And then from from that, he takes that as all police officers are like this. I want to be like this. I'll help him out because police officers just don't take no crap and they just punch people. That's one way you can do it. I was struggling with him because I was trying to get the information nicely and he was just hailing abuse at me. <laughs> but that is one extreme option you can take of many, depending on how you build it. The, the game is so extreme. I heard I didn't do that in the game, but um, my um, my professor at the university that I was uh, I was in that in his seminar in his course uh, to write the paper, and he told me you can shoot Kuno, you can you can outright Whoa. kill him, but the game will end then because you can't handle the moral of that. But you can. The game will let you shoot him. Um, but also, I think the moral system is really important for Discolysium. They also advertise it like that. They say, um, play Discolysium, become a superstar cop or a um, really terrible human being. That's that's what they advertise. Um, a disaster for human being, I think they say. Um, and you, But you have all these moral choices to make. It's so nuanced in, in a way. Um, for example, there's a guy blocking a path uh, where you have to go and he's called squarehead and he's violently racist he's absolutely racist and i punched him in the face and for me that was a moral a good moral choice i punched i kicked him i i, I think they do a really great uh, animated spinning kick on him and i knocked him out and that got me further ahead in the story so i chose violence to do that But I also punched a racist, so that felt like a moral, good moral choice for me. Mm. But also, I had to pay the hotel room, so I wouldn't get evicted. And so I let um, some rich woman bribe me um, to get the money to give to the bartender, to the manager in the hotel. So that was a moral choice that was on the bad side for me, because I don't want to get bribed, I wanted to... Um, keep my integrity but i had no choice um, because i needed the money and it was it was almost evening and i needed to I needed a place to sleep for that night so you have all those moral decisions to make and it's really difficult and the game purposefully always puts you in the situation where you have to decide am i going to do that because it will clearly advance the plot or am i not because i don't want to be this kind of person Okay. One of the um, one of the things you can do early on is you find out. This is like one of the bits right at the beginning. When when you're when Kit is it Kit? It is, isn't it? Kim. Kim. Sorry. When Kim sort of says, "Where's your badge?" and you go, "Okay, I don't have that." And your gun, I don't have that either. You've got options. You can either try and find out where your badge and gun is yourself, or you can report it in. And I thought maybe I could get a replacement. I report it in. The people I talk to, not only are they annoyed at me but they are clearly ripping me apart, taking the mick out of me because I'd lost my gun and badge and I didn't even know what day of the week it was. Right? But you could quite happily, from what I've seen and what I've read of what other people have played it, you can continue through that game not ever having picked up your badge or gun, but it'll make it a whole lot harder because you can't convince people you're a police officer and if things get escalate, you've got no way to defend yourself. You know, so it's it, it sort of depends. That's that's where it's, do you need a gun? Do you need a badge? Do I concentrate on getting money so I can sleep tonight? Do I advance it? It's, it's just a massive juggling act. And yeah. it, it's really hard to 
see for me it was i see it as you 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 put how you'd react to that situation on henry right if you're trying to play someone else it'll trip you up and you'll end up playing how you want to play it you can't play someone else unless you really commit to it because you've got to think like that it's how you'd react to stuff is how the what you put on the character and it's it leads to all sorts of stuff it's it's insane just it, the amount of detail and effort they put into it is mind-boggling also speaking of trauma earlier do you um, remember the episode i don't know if you played that um, when you are at the kinema at the car of kim kitsuragi and speaking over that intercom they actually you never be in the um police station you will never be there but you can talk to them over the intercom and they have uh, a psychologist there they have a doctor and you can actually uh, demand to speak with that guy and he will bully you he will mock you he will mock you for being a human being he will mock you for having uh, fears and not knowing who you are and he will just he just bully you and that's all you will ever get concerning uh, therapy or anything. And that's so interesting that this is the stance the game has on how difficult it is to find therapy and to get help if you have trauma and if you have mental health problems. So that's really interesting. And they, they, really, they really show you how... Um, how that's, another aspect, um, on, that's another aspect of how they show you how life with trauma is. Yeah, yeah, sort of okay. pushing you towards just get it done. Yeah. We don't care how, just yeah. get it done. Which, yeah. which is which is unfortunately what happens in real life. Whereas you know, I just want to take a moment here, and I've probably said it in the disclaimer at the beginning. If you are suffering with any kind of uh, mental health, please do go seek out getting help. You know, it doesn't. It, it, it's it, there's no shame in it, right? Um, one of the things that. Uh, That, and it's from it's from pro wrestling, so people are going to be like, oh, whatever, pro. But um, at the end of last year, there was a, a pro wrestler who took a few months out um, to deal with some personal demons, and he's come back much stronger. And his 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 speech that he gave when he came back was, "If you need the help, go get the help, please. Go get the help." And I, I think that more pop culture needs to have that message. I think. Um, and 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 the 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 more pop culture that has that message, the more people will be comfortable in going to to get the help that they need if they you know if they if they need it. I just want to normalize that. I think that's yeah. that's fair enough to I'll, say. I think I'll I'll tag onto the back of that of someone who's actually gone down that road and asked for help. Um, two things you need to realize: it's the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. Absolutely. But you do it for yourself. Mm -hmm. No one else doesn't matter about the stigma you are a braver person asking for help than anyone else who just sits You're there stronger just take stronger it. person stronger person too for us definitely for help. have to normalize that i and we have to normalize speaking about it so i'm in therapy yeah. right now and my therapist said that he sees a trend in, in young people just trying to go to therapy even if they don't have a complete mental breakdown because it just helps to speak with someone who is not attached to your life about the problems you have and about what's happened what happens inside of you um because 
when we have a broken bone or something we go to the doctor we go to the hospital and get that fixed but if we have a broken heart or if we have anything if we are struggling with a job or with university um we a lot of people just don't care and and go on with their lives and but you still hurt inside so you have just to take an effort you have to make an effort to go somewhere and talk about it and get it fixed mm -hmm. and get yourself fixed and it will mm -hmm. really really help yourself and also help the people around you because um, i heard a great great saying that says if you are hurting um, you have to get that fixed because if you don't you will bleed onto others and mm. That, yes. that's just because you is. can't yeah just because you can't physically see the problem doesn't mean it's not there exactly yeah. exactly so yeah um uh i I, re I really like that from your description there tom that it, it's showing how hard it is in real life to actually reach out and get some help yeah rather than rather than the designer saying yeah you can just push this button and speak to someone that will help your character he's actually trying to i guess map onto the realistic expectations of reaching out for help that that i think is a, is a is unfortunate but also a good and it, thing it feels so real it feels so real because robert kurvitz really knows what he is talking about because mm. he had um severe severe alcoholism and working on that world and on that book and on that video game got him out and he got help and got better But he knows when he talks in the game, when he shows substance abuse, he really knows what he's talking about. If he if he shows trauma or uh, withdrawal or anything, he knows what it's about, and you can see that in the game. And it's really impressive how he puts his inner soul life into into that game and makes it so that people can experience that. That is really really impressive. Um, maybe if you don't mind, um, we talk about something a little bit more, uh, happy <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. about the game. Um, Squid, you, you played the game. How did you like how it looked? How did you like the aesthetics of the game? Um, it reminded me a hell of a lot of like, obviously it's, it's got like, it looks very hand drawn paintings everything looks like a painting but it, it reminded me a lot of like original fallout and diablo you've got that top down setting um i unfortunately when i got it i tried to get it on steam and i'm one of the certain percentage who it just will not run on my pc so i had to get it on the switch and it runs a little slower because i've got an original switch so it's it's chugging along but it still works and part of my playing it when I first got it was I just I, I was just wandering around and I was just looking at the scenery because it, it's it's a very stunning game when it comes to scenery the the gameplay side just just wandering around seeing just little things like a, a street going into like there's a could be like a, a trash can but it's not just a static thing there the stuff in it is overflowing all the stuff around it all there's you know just garbage on the floor it's just little touches that make it a lot more believable instead of just a clean cut street here's 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 a door here's a building you know it the world looks very lived in which is quite hard to pull off i think mm. um but it does it is very very aesthetically pleasing 
It's one of those where you can imagine if I walked out of there, this is what I'd see, you know? Yeah. And I just like really how nice. they play with light and everything. They have that scenery mm. that is the, the starting screen. I have that as my uh, desktop background right now. And it will also go up in uh, in my living room, in our living room, uh, because it's so beautiful. So uh, mm. if you if you have the means, uh, check that out. Check the artwork artwork of the concept art out because they did a stunning work. I know that Robert Kerwitz is working with a friend of him who is an artist, an actual artist, professional artist, makes a living out of that. So not a game designer, but really some somebody who's doing creative art. And you can see that in the game, so it's 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 really really beautiful, and um, in in all aspects, in voice acting, in the um, the aesthetics of the sceneries and everything, and also in the music, you see how much effort they mm. put in to give the the game the feeling that it has. They collaborated with a band, uh, with a, a UK based band called uh, Sea Power, formerly known as British Sea Power. And, um, you know, I, I already told you that I'm a music guy and, um, they are, um, they are stunning. The music they do is, is so brilliant that they put in and they worked a lot with that. There is, uh, um, a sequence in the game where you can sing karaoke, uh, which is really yeah. hilarious. And, um, they, they took a song from that band and rewrote it just to fit in the setting and um every time you enter that that uh, hotel where you're you're staying you have that same music playing and it and it just from the music it feels like coming home so mm. it's so good what they do with music it's it's really really incredible the um one of the little things that i saw the minute i started it that i quite appreciated was when you're like gathering your clothes trying to get the next i never got it <laughs> but the first thing you're told to do is go look in the mirror and that's when your own psyche asks you questions and it sort of goes yeah all right of course you are you know and it mocks you but every time a part of your psyche comes up the little portrait you've got of it kind of looks like old school paintings of um like biblical things so like you know when you get old school paintings of like monster representations from the bible satan all the rest of it all of your the parts of the psyche have got that sort of theme to it it's all like painted and there's not clear-cut lines and it's very vague but you can kind of tell what it is and it's it's just the little things it's it's not just like a person's head and then text you know it's a lot of effort's been put into it and you can see it straight from the beginning and all the way through, no matter what happens, it's it's there, and you can tell a lot of effort's gone into it. Which which is, you know, considering some games that have come out, I'm not going to name and shame, but some of them they feel a lot very slapdash. <laughs> and also the clothing you can get, um, you can get loads of different items of clothing, and they put out whole um, whole fabrications and and style. Um, stuff like there are the, the FALN line where you can get uh, jogging trousers and everything from them, training jackets and, and stuff. And the fun thing is they um, they founded um, 
or they have that website where you can actually buy some of the clothes you can get into the game and they are like hilariously yeah. expensive you have to pay 500 dollars for a jacket or something but you can get the clothes that he wears uh, to wear and like they produce like 10 of them or something but you can and it's that's really funny for me um because it's so important how you look you can look so and you get incentives and you know you get a boon if you wear a, a certain pair of trousers or there's a kimono hat or something like that they will they will give you they will give you a plus one to um to, to like i don't know um persuasiveness or um creativity or something like that and um there's i already talked about the sequence where you have to sing karaoke and you have to up your performance to do that great so it will look like absolutely ridiculous when you enter that stage and try to sing karaoke and um i for my part i failed the role i failed check and he sang in a in a high-pitched voice looking like a terrible um sang this song and it's just it's so bad <laughs> it's so bad <laughs> the game makes fun of itself and of you as a player and of the character it's mm. really it's really cool excellent so what i'll say uh chaps because we're coming up on roughly two hours what i'll say is would you i know squid you haven't played a huge amount of it but you have had a lot to say today would you both recommend checking out disco elysium absolutely um you have to take your time you have to really focus on the game. That's not a game. It's not a game for a long work day where you come home and just want to play a game. That's a game for like you have holidays or something, <laughs> uh, your vacation, and you just take that game. You immerse yourself into that game for a whole day or something, uh, and just get sucked into that world. And um, yeah, play it. Definitely play it. I think everybody should. Uh, check out that game if you love rpgs if you just love storytelling if you um love satirical self-reflectiveness if, if that is a thing you can love um or if you if you even love good music uh, aesthetics play that game check it out mm -hmm. and uh, i think it is something it's an experience that enriches everybody i don't think there is a, a singular group of people I would say that that game is not for you, that you can't learn anything from that game. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. Um, what would you say, Squidge? Oh, good Lord, what can I say after that? Um, <laughs> I, I, kind, I call this kind of game a long Sunday game. Because um, for me, a, a Sunday is a perfect time for a game if you're going to jump into it and really immerse yourself. A long Sunday is perfect. You grab some snacks, a drink, and you just sit there and you get absorbed. Um and perfectly right as, as Tom said anyone can play it you, you can, because of so many different mechanics and so many different ways of doing it you'll never get the same gameplay twice and there's tons of different ways to solve cases and your submissions so there's always a way around you're never going to be completely stuck you do have to think outside the box a bit uh, it does have funny moments really funny moments um, but it's it's the kind of game where the more you put in, the more you're going to get out of it. And obviously I haven't completed it. I haven't got to the crux of it, but I've got the distinct feeling that it's, 
it's a game where it's an experience, but it's also a game where I don't think I don't necessarily think it needs a conclusion from like the theme of the game. It's it I think it's gonna turn out to be something along the lines of again, I don't know. This isn't spoilers, I don't know. But I've got the distinct feeling that it's gonna turn out to be like this was just another day. You did this, maybe you solved the murder, maybe you didn't. This is just another day, life goes on. There's no I don't think there's gonna be a definite conclusion. It's just the the feeling I'm getting. Um so it's gonna be if if you like a Again, this is just a prediction, but I've got the distinct feeling that if you like a definite end to a story, that's going to annoy you. Um, but <laughs> it's it's a passage of time of where you can directly influence it and have your impact on it. And it's it's a murder mystery at the end of the day, but in such a unique twist. And it's probably not going to happen, but I want to dress him up as a clown just to see, yeah. see if people can keep a straight face. I don't know if you can. I really want to. Um, a clown with that that glorious tash he's got, you know. Um, you can get, get close, I think. A clown with mutton oh, chops, yeah. Oh, sweet. Um, do give it a go, but be mindful that the, the PC version is a bit buggy. I tried getting in. It didn't work. There are console versions, though. Probably trying... If you're gonna get a switch yeah. one, get get um like try and have a more modern switch because I've got like six years ago dear release switch and it chugs on it a bit. Um, but if you can play it, do get it. It's not gonna break the bank. It's not that expensive. Um, I think the the extended cut or director's cut's got more stuff in it anyway. So it's and it's it's pretty stable. It's never crashed on me once. So it's definitely worth it but it is a long sunday game you've got to sit there and let yourself be immersed but yeah i would recommend it because it is it's a lot of fun just the amount of freedom you've got but then you're timed it's timed freedom you've got to do whatever you want really quickly and then get back to it or you've got nowhere to sleep you know right yeah true okay definitely i i played it on ps4 so that that worked well for me mechanic wise i don't have uh issues with that um and i think if you'd like to buy it it's uh it's 40 bucks in in euros uh i don't know what it is in pound um but it's not that expensive and it's worth every penny for me mm. um and you can get it at a sale for like 20 20 bucks or something so uh you sh- you should you definitely should uh, because it's it's really an experience uh, that uh, it's not comparable to anything I've played before or afterwards, so um, it's it's worth it. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have to check it out. I uh, don't know whether you could tell, but I was looking up just then whilst you chaps were talking uh, cost because if I'm going to get it, because I've got a I've got a PC, but I also have a Switch, right? And usually when I have the Switch, it's like, okay, this is Jamie's dedicated gaming time. No one can interrupt him. So maybe I'll get it on the Switch. And it's only a few pounds more expensive to buy a physical copy of it versus the digital version, at least right now on the day of recording. So maybe I'll just order a physical copy of it and then I could drop in and out whenever I want, right? And Well, it's, you've got the bonus is, of the cover art is nice as well. Yeah, right? Yeah, so. exactly, yeah. Look nice. And I may yeah. have to grow a moustache similar to the, uh, to the hero of the game. <laughs> I think you just have to cut a little bit on the... 
<laughs> so you just take the bit off the chin and just yeah, just yeah. make it symmetrical and have the old school like American Revolution tash that goes all the way along and up and it connects. That's it. You know, that's exactly to your mutton that's chops. Exactly that's what you need. Got, and yeah. Grow them out. There's there's probably a really specific name for the the type of um, side like sideburns into mustache uh, thing that's going on there. But yeah, I'll I'll definitely have Triple to check H. it out. The, the, tri- the Triple H, yes. Because <laughs> he did that. Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It looked ridiculous, anyway, so but he did it. <laughs> what, I, what, I, what I'd like to say, Tom, is thank you ever so much for being on the show. It's been Congrats a real pleasure me. to chat with you. Been great um, having you on, man. Well, how, how do, let's say somebody's listening in and they're like, this Tom's great. I want to learn more about what he's about online and, you know, check out what he's doing. And, um, and you know, check out all of the check out the the, the show that he creates for his uh, for his school his school college university whatever the name is that he goes to. I'll put the link to to the show that you do in the show notes so people don't have to try and seek that out because you've happily provided some of that ahead of time. But where else? What else can people do to fig- to find out more about you? So what I do uh, is I I don't really like Instagram or Facebook, but I am on Twitter. And uh, you can check me out. It's a really small account right now, but you can check me out on at its underscore a underscore count. That's a reference to a series of unfortunate events. No one will get it, but um, I, I, I thought it was funny when I did it. Um, and you can find me there. I think we can we can link that uh, in the show notes also. And uh, yeah, you can... Um, you can listen to a lot of stuff about uh, political interests and gaming and a lot of D&D stuff and the occasional um, the occasional raffle to win a dice or something, a set of dice that I will always repost and reshare. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, check that out. Follow me there and uh, I will um, link everything else there. So if I have an interview or something that you can check out, that will be... Uh, posted on there and uh, you can see what i do and uh, i would like to welcome you there <laughs> excellent excellent thank you ever so much i re- like i said i really appreciate you coming because i knew nothing about disco elysium and you know doing the because what i do right a little peek behind the curtains a little inside a baseball talk if someone's coming on the show and it's a game i've not played before I'll I'll have a like five literally five minutes on Google right because I don't want to I don't want to pollute my potential questions and discussion points or anything like that I want to get the opinions of the people who've played the game not like you know the marketing stuff so I spent five minutes looking it up and that was it right but what you've done in this conversation is you've kind of convinced me to go get it so thank you <laughs> that's what I'll say <laughs> that's awesome. I'm so, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I hope uh, more people check out that game because um, it was it was a really I wouldn't say life changing, but it changed my perspective on video games and what video games can do. And I think mm. it sets a great example for other studios. You, you, you know, that's an indie developer. That's not a triple A studio. That it's the yeah. first game they published. They're just some really good guys from Estonia and London putting out a game and like they are the second highest ranked game on Metacritics in, in RPGs I think um, which is insane if you have stuff like Fallout and everything they they beat all those guys um, 
And um, so that game really changed my perspective on, on gaming and games and what games could do. And um, that's why I wanted to talk about. And you have to play it to to get it, to grasp what it's about. So uh, yeah, go check it out. Go play Disco Elysium. Um, get the final cut. That's the that's the version with all the um, voiceover work done. Um, mm. And yeah, check that out. Check that out for yourself. Play it. Live it. De- definite proof of um, people who care about the project really putting in the effort, the work, and the research, and it just it, it shows from minute one. Excellent, excellent. Well, like I said, thank you very much, Tom. Um, you've gone and spent a wonderful time with us and Tom talking about Disco Elysium. If you want to find out more about Waffling Tailors, we've got a website, wafflingtailors.rocks. And I'm actually, uh, Squidge jokes about it all the time. I'm actually quite impressed with how I've built the website. Um, when you go to a show notes page, it will de- list all the games we discuss. That's all automatically generated. When you click on one of those games, it will show you all of the times we've discussed that game. That's all automatically generated. And if you go to the Those Games We Played page, again, Almost all of that is automatically generated. I've written some stuff. It'll tell you how many games, how often we've talked about it, and link to every single episode that, where we talk about it. So if you if we've not talked about a game that you really like, and the only way to find out is to go to those games we played, get in touch and we'll have a chat with you about the game that you really like. Because I'm interested. The, one of the reasons why I do this show is because I want to know all the games in existence and I want to try them out. But I don't have the time. So... Come and tell me why I should play the game. <laughs> as long as it's not Busby 3D. Uh, yeah, of course, as long as it's not <laughs> <laughs> But yes, um, thank you all for being on the show. Thank you all for listening along. This has been another episode of Waffle Tailors. Bye-bye. Bye. Catch you later. Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Station Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Dagay. See the show notes for more details.